Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Dad and Kin podcast. Dad being me, Shubham, and Kin being Hardik, my elder lad. So we are going to kind of keep a formal channel to uh, share across our thought, our discussions uh, with something happening around us, generic news, topics of relevancy around financial literacy, investment, uh, sports in general, and and everything that matters if possible. We'll try to be candid. We'll try to be transparent. We'll try to. Uh, put through data driven insights and also present uh, uh, a formal subjective uh, overview of things so uh, good and maybe with that hardik you like to quickly introduce yourself and before we begin sure hi i'm hardik shrastav i'm a student in grade 9th and again in this case today for the topic we'll be going through the impact vaccines have had on this covid pandemic in india in general and the globe as a whole will compare india's case tallies vaccine doses deaths and recoveries to that of china usa and brazil and will be giving you data driven insights so first of all let's start with india's covid uh, stats all things considered india has currently 1.73 crore patients the deaths total to around 1.95 lakhs while around 1.43 crore people have recovered what are your thoughts upon that that i think look uh, the the spread of what we thought initially uh, with the, with the, with the complex structure and, and demographic spread as of india uh, uh, initial my thought was that spread would be a lot uh, huge than what it has been so thankfully unfortunately if i look at from a period of the first covid wave till date i think the spread still has been a lot lot uh, lesser than what i expected and what other uh medical experts or relevant expert expected so that is that's a good news uh, uh till date uh, but yeah i think we are largely subjugated when you say that uh, when you say that it has not been as high or as high you were expecting or maybe uh, some doctors or medical uh, staff were expecting what are you comparing it to are we comparing it to cases in let's say uh, the united states or are we comparing it to pre- uh, previous plagues let's say the um let's say the sars uh, outbreak in taiwan and uh, hong kong recently or even going back to the cholera outbreak in the early uh, 20th century what are what are your uh, comparing points yeah so i think a uh, great point i i think largely the uh, the uh, the the understanding was the way it spreads across at least uh, in a, in a bigger hefty country like china and uh us and and the kind of count they had initially and and the way it progressed over a couple of days uh, initially and so very very start and, and the sooner the later they they kind of got above the 50k mark of new patients every day and then finally around 100k new patients every day with that kind of uh, a percentage increase day on day and, and the kind of time it took to kind of uh, spread from a nearly 1000k to 100k uh, per day new patients i think looking at, at at economies of us and and other and then comparing that to the the complex demographics uh, in india the thought i had that uh, it may prevail with a faster rate in india uh, given the kind of challenges that we have while we uh, kind of create campaigns around uh, uh, making making people aware about all all this and kind of helping them take precautions and on wearing masks sanitization etc so i i think that was a larger thought the thought was uh specifically about looking at what uh, the bigger countries like us etc has faced in terms of the initial growth and if 
if I multiply that with a with couple of factors as compared to the complexity and the challenges in India uh, and the risk factors uh, of, of being uh, a naturally complex country, uh, that was the initial thought. And that is what a couple of medical experts and relevant experts also alluded towards. And, and uh, but yeah, so yeah, to answering your question, that, that was it. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll take the opposing view. I'll say, considering uh, the situation that India had at the very beginning, let's say uh, India had uh, seen a COVID uh, outbreak before uh, Brazil, but even though uh, it was a very densely populated country, China, where it was, of course, the epicenter, and even Japan, and even countries which are sp uh, sparsely populated, like countries in Europe, let's say Finland or uh, Sweden, which uh, saw even though fewer cases, they saw the first outbreaks. I like to say that given the uh, starting representation that we were given, uh, one, uh, one, two cases in let's say a week uh, or or three days, I think the uh, rate at which the cases in India have gone up is gi uh, ginormous. And in absolute uh, terms, also if we say then India ranks second. So I'll just pull up the stats of USA, which ranks higher in COVID patients uh, in, than India, which is 3.21 crores, around uh, half, around double of India's cases currently. And uh, also around double people have recovered in India. But considering countries uh, that, that were previously said to be in uh, dire situations, China being the prime example, China has uh, not only scaled up its infrastructure, not only bettered its healthcare facilities, not only uh, shown the prowess it has in uh, exports, imports, and its overall supply chain, it has also outsmarted us in economic terms. We'll, of course, touch on the vaccines and how they can help the economy and why uh, vaccines was an area where India tend to lag in some case and then tend to be at the forefront in other case, but I like to take the opposing view. I like, I like to leave you with the question is that even though uh, USA, a country which we usually consider to be a prime example of democracy, the of course, the uh, earliest democracy, the first democracy, even the prime uh, example of democracy with even though complex situations, even uh, a wide demographic, um, more or less like India or Pakistan or uh, the Southeast Asia, even that being uh, thought of, why was it that USA was impacted more, even though uh, we consider its uh, democracy to be at the forefront of uh, the global community, even though their supply chain has a lot more potential than even China, I would like to say, or India, of course, that is, that is well known that their supply chain why do you think USA was impacted uh, more than India? And then we'll go upon, uh, let's say, vaccines and vaccine usage. Yeah. yeah. So, so great. I, I think I hear your views. I hear your views. And I think you said uh, two, uh, two similar things. Uh, but I, I think the commonality in both of them that you, you find contrasting uh, data points as compared to China and then as compared to US, while when you compare all of that with India. I think with China, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think... Yes, they have done a remarkable job in terms of controlling the overall uh, the overall numbers in terms of the, the complete virus spread across uh, their nation. While, of course, there is a asterisk to that uh, in, in terms of what data they expose and the transparency around that. And, and that still remains a, 
largely a black box hidden behind uh, i don't know uh, the standard communist culture etc but beyond that i think yeah i i do applaud the fact that what could have been even catastrophic for a country whose origin right i mean where we still uh, uh, still look at as the origin of this virus uh, has controlled to a level which which is now surmounted and they are back to normalcy in 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 uh, in very few months uh, so yeah i i, I think they done a great, great job there and a couple of their factors would have helped them do so i think their initial uh, realization of of the virus and i also think uh, somewhere uh, it, it also is a function of lot, lot other parameters that would have helped them uh, maybe inbuilt uh, immunity or likewise uh, in the set of uh, because the set of demographics they have or or equivalent it may sound a little uh, non obvious but i think that could have also be one reason and uh, but i think i would not like to still compare apples to apples from an economic growth per se i, I don't think uh, it, it's a table stake to compare india and china in terms of at this time uh, in terms of the growth or the economic growth rate right i mean because china anyways is far ahead in terms of the overall economic uh, prosperity as well as the the uh, the gdp growth or likewise economic growth they have so i think it may not be fair to compare india with them but i do applaud the fact that they have been able to control the uh, the virus spread uh, as best as possible I, i don't think anybody could have done it even better with with the even similar complexity as as of india so that that is that is true i think if and now coming back to the second uh, comparison with us i think why us could have has a widespread which i which i also see a similar imitation in india with the wave 2 spread i i think uh, while i've watched that space closely at that point in time because it was the natural tendency to see across news now we are more accommodative of covid being uh, x percentage of our daily news so we not hear it, it, it that uh, that more engagement but initial days i really i recall of the fact that uh, i haven't seen great uh awareness about uh, ensuring covid precautions in in us and uh, we have been debating this uh, quite some time that there have been continuous opposition of uh, of of these various uh, uh, of these various precautions being treated as uh, against your fundamental rights right i mean and and we have seen it multiple places right i mean in various of the beach beach beaches city containing beaches miami etc they have been that can't be open for partying and open for all holiday etc uh, till they really got into themselves in a in a midst of a crisis of uh, extremely high uh, infection rates right uh, so i think i think larger of that attribution goes there and of course till today uh, there uh, what remains to be seen is what all factors help the virus spread i think uh, scientists and likewise experts have have also Uh, face challenges and in, in in knowing what kind of factors beyond the standard definition of uh, how the virus spread uh, helps it to grow initially it was temperatures humidity a combination of both uh, the demographic etc but i think that still is a challenge on what helps precipitate or helps spread the the virus so i think uh, thing i i can also attribute certain unknown factor with the likes of brazil india and us also containing something in common which is not really very known today again uh, slightly uh, subjective but I, but i think that over a period of time i think we should be able to uh, make it more black and white make it more data driven but i think that that also would remain the same so i think us definitely 
uh, summarizing, I think US, uh, I didn't find uh, a large awareness in terms of how bad the virus could be and what kind of uh, spread it could cause, the damage it could cause. And with that, uh, individual uh, citizens' responsibility on uh, on being accommodative of those uh, precautions that are necessary. And, and at times, they have also appeared uh, uh, frugal, if not anything else, right? So, yeah, so I think, I think I'll rest with that in those two things. And I see a similar trend from a human behavior per se. I see a similar trend rooted uh, in COVID-2 impact in India, uh, uh, similarly to what, what would have happened in, in phase one spread of COVID-1 in the U.S. Okay, understood uh, around that. And I think you raise a very good point there that the awareness, even though education has been uh growing in in the globe as a whole but of course america is at the forefront of that the awareness point of view is a good point of view since even though there is widespread education that education has uh, uh, fed into many i would not say conspiracy theories but at the end of the day i think we'll have to keep it to that that and there is of course no accommodation of what the government might say and uh, polarization of politics. Politics is, of course, a whole different branch uh, related to this. And I think that plays a very important part. Now, I, I perceive that you have some stats related to the vaccination doses in India. Uh, can you elaborate upon that? Yeah, so I think, uh, look, uh, we, we, have, we have two uh, vaccines by and large available right now. And of course, there are a couple of uh, them to be launched uh, in very, very near future. Around uh, April end, we should have uh, one more vaccine, uh, Sputnik launched uh, by Dr. Reddy's in India. So, uh, but uh, currently, which are, the one which are available is Bharat Biotech's uh, COVID-19 co-vaccine, uh, which is priced uh, now for at, at a 600 rupees per dose for state governments and 1200 rupees per dose for private hospital. Serum Institute of India, COVID Shield, uh, which is available at rupees 400 per dose to state governments and rupees 600 per dose to private hospitals. Now both these uh, both these vaccines will come with two doses. The second dose of this will happen between uh, four to six weeks for Covaxin, and for Covid Shield, this would be between four to eight weeks. Now that's the uh, that's that's largely the doses side. On the effic efficacy of uh, these uh, vaccines, largely they have been uh, while the interim clinical efficiency is be effic efficacy has been around seventy eight uh, percent and hundred percent effectively for both. Covaxin and, and COVID sheep. Uh, the the larger attribution uh, would have been, uh, I think, what scientists are saying that both of these vaccines would be uh, largely be uh, having efficacy of around seventy to eighty percent, and at times around even ninety percent for COVID sheep if administered uh, as a half dose uh, versus a full dose uh, a month later, right? But largely, what we have also seen is that by and large, if you if you uh, after the first those who kind of reduce your vulnerability for around 40 odd percent of getting into a new infection or uh, building a lot uh, uh, lot vulnerable side of your body uh, after dose one and the same vulnerability reduces by around 70 80 percent after a month of the second dosage so effectively uh, once you have taken two doses which is largely between four to six weeks four to eight weeks rather and after a month uh, which is another four weeks you kind of reduce yourself. So effectively, around 12 weeks uh, at, at the max of all of this. After 12 weeks, you uh, are supposedly to be 
70 to 80 percent less uh, vulnerable to to any severe uh, infection of uh, resulting through this virus which does not by any means uh, say that you will not be able to get the infection uh, again you will not test positive again with covid-19 and also doesn't mean that you are completely immune towards this virus you still have good 10-20% chances to be uh, be kind of vulnerable with this so important to stay aware of this fact and, and start and keep following the right uh, practices around uh, sanitization on covering through masks etc uh, and, and all that is very well kind of uh, the government and other statutory bodies have ensured that there's a lot of awareness around and i think it still needs to build up as we grow this phase so uh, what is also happening is that this is getting administered at an at a city level at a state level and it kind of rounds up but uh, while it started at around jan 16 for with phase 1 uh, starting with uh, with the frontline workers now it has extended to begin with 18 plus uh, individual starting may 1st 21 in india so from may 1st 21 you should be able to whosoever is 18 plus Uh, is applicable to take the first dosage, and and with the statutory route of COVIN website where they can start booking the uh, booking for registration, which opens on 20th April, which is effectively uh, around 36 hours from now. Yeah, so uh, and that is that is how. So and this is again going to be a big massive drive uh, around. Uh, we kind of got vaccinated around one odd uh, minuscule percentage right now, but uh, a lot lies ahead of us. so i think uh, we got to be covering around uh, with the current rate it is around 140 million uh, vaccinations a day uh, and and we should we should improve uh, increase and improve the uh, the throughput every day on on vaccination as as we go in with the may one drive the phase 3 drive understood understood so uh, let's summarize it we have uh a bharat biotech's covaxin we have oxford astrazeneca supplied by uh, serum institute of india the covishield vaccine and uh, in line we have uh, dr reddy supplied uh, russia made sputnik uh, vaccine all right now considering this i uh, know of uh, i think three more uh, vaccine manufacturer one is johnson and johnson one is um, pfizer and one is n biotech considering that uh, three uh, major brands major brands uh, in a global scale these brands have already released their vaccines in uh, usa and uh, a major part of europe johnson and johnson and pfizer's efficacy is marked at as the highest uh, overall efficacy although there are many different perspectives you can look at it why are we not seeing pfizer's and johnson and johnson's and uh, ultimately n biotech's entry into the indian market considering that uh, first of all there is a huge market for uh, vaccination in india even when there is privately uh, supplied uh, vaccines in clinics and private hospitals not only in government plants second uh, thing that there there is a huge need a moral uh, requirement i have not said moral requirement but a moral uh, empathy that the countries might uh, that companies might have for uh, the indian population and as we are seeing the un and the eu and germany and other european countries are extending their uh, uh, unilateral aid towards india in this uh, factor why are we uh, note uh, having in mind all these factors 
not seeing the entry of big companies such as Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson into India, and then we are uh, 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 pressured into importing uh, other. No, I would not say not less efficient, but uh, less well known vaccines, less uh, tried and tested vaccines from indigenous sources or maybe less tried sources. China, uh, Chinese vaccines might be one of them, which is under testing in India right now. Yeah, uh, I, I think, look, a uh, couple of things. I, I think in the current state, if, if I talk about uh, the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine, I think we already are in talks and, and, and the while the procedural and, and the background setup, uh, etc. is happening, uh, what I have known uh, uh, by far is that uh, somewhere around June, July this year, we should have it up and running where an institute called Biological E, uh, who's, who's kind of facilitating the the ongoing tech transfer and and whatever is needed to import that uh, the setup of of that vaccine both from import per se as it is and as well as creating the manufacturing capability i think all of that is happening right now and and it's taking some time to get that facilitated but but i hear you i think i think what you're actually trying to say which i am also kind of acknowledging is that it should have happened a lot faster and we should have been able to discover and move faster to that i, I think there must be some statutory reason to that uh, but I think logically what looks to me that uh, in the initial days, uh, all of these uh, at the AstraZeneca and etc. were faster in terms of trial and their success rate also were kind of faster and they were able to come up with that number where it became human uh, human consumable in a, at, a, at a faster pace as compared to other vaccines. So uh, what I meant is that if you look at the evolution in terms of how these guys have progressed both in terms of clinical trial and then being ready for uh, the final consumption uh, at a retail level, uh, which is at the, at, the, at the individual human level. I think these two vaccines has come uh, and by far breached all the all the marks, right? So that is one, whosoever is manufacturing, which is AstraZeneca for this and NAR Biotech, uh, of course, for. So uh, that's one part of it. Second part is that once you, once any of the institute uh, or any of the, uh, of the big brand, as you said, of Pfizer or Johnson, once they are able to come to that level where they get accepted as the potential provider of vaccine from there on uh, to a country like india which where you need to have the basics of import and and the procedural stuff to be sorted which usually takes time but i think all of that is getting worked and and it's going to happen in june july uh, was there a possibility of that happening uh, earlier yeah it, it should have been and i think there will be some learnings on, on how to kind of fast track that yeah and i'm assuming Sputnik, for example, also would have went through a similar uh, life cycle, although they are able to turn up around a month, month and a half faster as compared to uh, the Johnson & Johnson and maybe Pfizer as well. I, I understand that point, but when you, like a word that comes up into my mind is a phrase rather is trust the process. Uh, to a certain extent, I think that at a key point in uh, the COVID pandemic in India, which is the, let's say the... Uh, I don't know about the peak, but uh, for the sake of argument, let's say the peak of the second wave. Right now, if we are facing the peak of the second wave, why is it that India's uh, COVID, uh, sorry, vaccination trying and testing procedure is so elaborate? Uh, once, uh, let's say, an uh, international body such as the CDC, uh, which is the body for uh, United States, but uh, let's say we, it can operate at an international level or more so uh, the World Health Organization, the WHO, or even the EU uh, certification. 
when a country uh, when a company has acquired such certifications from who and uh, eu uh, johnson and johnson uh, as the main case why is it that we are making it go through the same procedure which which i think has been uh, absolutely uh, testified in uh, in two previous uh, tests done by eu and the who why are we making it go through the same test again and again considering the fact that uh, we are at a key point in the pandemic's uh, resurgence uh, so to say and that does not of course mean that we should uh, relax all attempts at rectifying any errors that might come up during the trial phase uh, phase of the vaccines but having uh, said that certification from two uh, organizations that I would go as far as to say operate at a, a larger and more efficient scale than any indian authority can at this time why are we making it go through the same procedure again and again and creating a redundancy than uh, that may have been satisfied once uh, it johnson and johnson or pfizer and biotech have acquired certification from eu and wh and yeah i i think uh, fair question i i think in in all in all transparency and, and can being candid i think it's a fair question what i have an understanding of and again this is i'm not an expert but i i still can look through the various informational sources uh, available publicly i think one you have to uh, as any any of the vaccine makers foreign vaccine makers you have to have uh, 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 you have to seek the emergency use authorization which is uh, which comes from uh, the cdsco which which you rightly said the central drug standard control organization and and which is where once you have got that uh, then uh, right uh, it also gives you a leverage of not doing a local bridging uh, which which is like doing a lo- local bridging trial of let's say 100 odd people and, and seeing the result and then kind of rolling it out for mass immunization so all of that uh, doesn't need to happen once you have the emergency use authorization and then the uh, uh, cdsco uh, approvals etc i think for pfizer specifically uh, uh, i think they were the first one to apply for emergency uh, use authorization but uh, but but i think they were denied uh, because uh, right uh, because our organizations uh, the cda SEO were not very confident uh, of that of the cleanliness of they not taking the the 100 odd uh, uh, bridge test and and without because of lack of data largely right in in indian population and i think that's a fair ask uh, if you ask me because look if the massive immunization happens and and even if there are a minimalistic probability of something going wrong uh, and if, and if you and if, imagine what could happen right imagine the kind of uh, the kind of uh, damage it can do uh, to larger uh, human beings so I, i think that was a that was a that was a point in time call i would not say it was right or wrong but i think that was a point in time call and whoever took it uh, must have taken it with a pinch of salt but have, uh, we we should have relied with that uh, decision that is one and i think second once now that we have uh, uh, once uh, after that i think whatever is are the normal procedural uh, ways in in kind of conducting and and engaging with the statutory organization which provide approval i think now it is moving forward and uh, and and i think the right committee and and, and organization bodies would be able to uh, kind of get them aboard uh, uh, asap uh, johnson johnson there are there's a clear uh, timeline which is coming around uh, june july and i think similarly we should have for pfizer as well Honestly. but yeah to to summarize your your stuff i think uh right i mean there has to be a, a little bit of uh, 
a little bit of uh, procedural thing as well as some some level of trial things happening which which takes the uh, the bookkeeping uh, uh, the bookkeeping uh, tick marks rather and then it ticks off the uh, the execution bit which again is is a function of the imports happening and all of that all uh, i am not um, by any means uh, covering up uh, of the fact that we could have done all of that despite all of that challenges uh, faster and it's a learning i think and the right set of the right set of uh, folks would be doing it as a learning and should be improvising from here on for sure okay understood and now uh, let's pick up our last and perhaps the most important topic for the day why was it that india kept on exporting uh, vaccines that it generated uh, uh, generated indigenously which is the uh, bharat biotech and the serum institute vaccine which was not uh, generated but supplied indigenously why was it that we kept on exporting uh, our vaccines first to uh, aids and then through the neighborhood neighborhood first program which uh, gave vaccines to countries in need and then we went on to supply it to countries such as brazil which like us at this point of time was uh, facing a resurgence in its cases and even in southeast asia i remember bangladesh uh, was there uh, most countries in southeast asia except pakistan and afghanistan i think were provided with vaccines either free of cost or uh, at a minimal cost why was that and uh, i'll i'll give them i'll give the authorities a benefit of doubt that they didn't know that there will be a second wave but them having the resources that they have a government the government that has the resources and uh, then to uh, providing other countries with the resources that might be used by india was the first question being was it uh, such a desperate time that we needed economic help from other countries in exchange it was uh, advertised as a unilateral aid but was india expecting a bilateral trade procedure through it or uh, the second point were we too fast or were we too generous or were we too uh, i i cannot find the right word but i like to say overly generous overly kind to countries uh, uh, to countries that had not faced such a large case tally myanmar burma uh, sorry uh, myanmar bangladesh etc and then uh, while we could not protect our own citizens while we could not vaccinate our own citizens and uh, i i don't know maybe we could have used those uh, vaccines that were provided to indians and maybe uh, collect save that money that we were uh, giving away freely for oxygen which is in certain depletion right now no i i think fair question i think fair question and and again uh, as Uh, yeah again should look in, in on transparency i think the what would have happened and, and i can uh, look at both from a subjective as well as a data driven perspective i think what i hear from the uh, on public information sources is that we have been asked from almost uh, 80 odd countries on on getting the vaccine and we kind of helped them uh, get there uh, from somewhere around jan uh, this year jan 21 so i think and, and all of that has happened for one it has it has happened for uh, for the fact that there is a certain uh, throughput there is a, a certain capacity that you have and you have to ensure that uh, given the 
the lifespan of that vaccine is around six months. You have to ensure that right, you don't waste overly uh, the quantity produced. So one was there where you are not very sure if you are able to consume that within your own capacity uh, in this in, in this six months. So you, you should be able to kind of uh, gauge through uh, the throughput or the extra capacity that you have while exporting. I think that definitely would have been one reason to start there. Second, of course, uh, while you do so, you are ensuring that you are also creating the right set of bilateral tries, et cetera, et cetera, and the, the standard uh, improving the bilateral tries and, and, and kind of making a very uh, very uh, amicable relationship in, in days to come with those countries. Uh, second, third, I, I think, and which where we went completely uh, bottom top, I would say, uh, is our ability to uh, recognize, realize, and, and have some uh, clear sense that if uh, the way the COVID uh, second wave, the, the second wave of COVID has spread in India, with that level of uh, with that level of absolute numbers and increase in cases and and the even the mortality coming in today's uh, days and, and last couple of days, I think nobody would have thought about it. Uh, I, I think we kind of got, in, in my honest opinion, again uh, I don't have a data to back. But I'm just reflecting again. This is a, this is a subjective way of reflecting of what may have happened. Is is we have kind of caught off guard in our in our sudden uh, enthusiasm to overdo our relationship with uh, uh, in relationship with these countries and kind of increasing our ties. We kind of uh, messed around uh, with a slight insight if things go wrong. Uh, what would have been the impact? And, and I'm with you on this, that if you would have had these vaccines and uh, in the interim, there were so many cases where there were shortages and et cetera, et cetera. I think if you would have had those stocks in place, we should have been able to arrive to the May 1 deadline where you start immunizing 18 plus odd people sometime around March uh, or early, early April, at least a month uh, beforehand. So I think we got completely uh, off track on that. And kind of caught sleeping, if not anything else. Why was it only the case with India? Uh, because, of course, countries like countries that are producing vaccines uh, faced uh, faced a great economic crisis, uh, let's say UK or Germany, which were Oxford, AstraZeneca was produced in the UK in part. Why was it that we saw uh, only India doing so? I, I, I don't think that it was only down to the uh, wrong foresight that uh, the Indian authorities had regarding uh, a researches in cases which has now happened. I, I cannot believe that uh, having learned about the resources that the government has and understanding the risk that a government has to take while uh, uh, while combating with a uh, international pandemic. Why was it only India and did we see it with any other country and went unreported uh, as per your knowledge, or were we the only ones? Look, I mean, look, look, look at now from just turn the table around and look at what, uh, say, uh, what a US is doing to India and what a, what Russia is doing to India, right? So now let's say things are stabilizing there and 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 touch wood, things could come down to uh, a certain degree of control over the next few months. What are they doing right now? What they are doing is is sending us stocks of again helping us with raw materials and even with vaccines, right? Russia is directly giving us vaccine. US is also giving us raw materials and vaccine, and plus of course 
the other financial aid which are coming. Now, let's say, God forbid, right? If if the cases start spiking there uh, with as crazy numbers in terms of absolute growth in percentage as in uh, India, and let's say if that happens over a certain uh, committed period, uh, then uh, we have changed the table, right? Uh, why you don't have a precedence as of India of what we have done with respect to exports, you would have a similar position there with US and Russia. So I'm saying uh, it, it's not a very, it's not a, uh, it's not a Boolean way to look at things, uh, in my opinion, uh, where it, it's of course is a function of uh, what you think is right at some point in time, looking at your own internal uh, conditions in terms of how the, the pandemic is spreading across and your control, stability, the vaccination and, and your forecast of how this is going to happen with your internal uh, supply chain of vaccines. And then, of course, uh, there will be pressing demand from other friendly countries or, or, or your own commitment of ensuring that uh, you, you help the mankind by and large once you are done and once you are able to stabilize your own, uh, own nation, right? But whenever you do that assessment internally, you are also taking into account what could go wrong, right? And, and there's a general forecast of how infections would spread uh, over a period of time. What went wrong with us, and, and I'm saying it is, it has happened to us and we don't have a parallel right now, and fortunately so, right, uh, in, in the general welfare of mankind. Uh, let's not hope there is a parallel which comes, but uh, it could happen anywhere. And uh, we have just told you examples of how it could, if things go wrong in Russia and, and, and US, they, a similar question could arise to them as well. Okay. With that note, uh, I'll just ask you to add your ending remarks and then we'll uh, go to the conclusion. No, awesome. I think I think it's a great chatting, uh, and and as we were discussing earlier, also that keeping this as formal as well as intuitive, where we talk candidly both with data, without data, which kind of exposes uh, some of the hidden thoughts that we have. We are not able to kind of either communicate or somewhere it goes down the drain, uh, one reason or the other. It gets captured here, and maybe we improvise and and share across with other set of people and see across their views. I think the podcast and likewise should have some ways to share and and hear the comments and we may just address them uh, in the coming days. But what uh, before we end, I think uh, important is to ensure that uh, we remain all stick to the uh, to the basics of uh, ensuring our own safety, ensuring uh, we, we have a lot of sanitization in place, the marks are in, and we, we try as much as possible, we avoid uh, stepping outside home and ensuring we follow the right set of protocols uh, uh, in whatever places we are in. Uh, so yeah, and 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 uh, and I think in in few days this this uh, this time will also be over. Although it it looks like uh, extremely painful right now, but I think as with every good or bad thing, uh, it gets over. So this this will also pass by. Yeah, that's that's my that's my end note to our first podcast. And I I for the most part agree with you. The main and the most important part is that you stay safe, the viewer, and of course will stay safe, wear a mask and sanitize your surroundings and keep your distance from others. Uh, and of course, keep listening to us, keep following us and we'll meet you the next time. Thanks.